Welcome, Path folk, to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the Tales from Dark Moon Vale. This is part two, Crown of the Kobold King. We're back, baby! <laughs> yeah. Season two. Yeah. <laughs> it's only been three Woo. years, but we did it, y'all. Your ears aren't deceiving you. We no. did it. In fact, I am Ross Scoggin, in charge of the horizontal and the vertical, back uh, blasting into your ear waves or something. Ear waves. <laughs> that makes no sense. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, everybody. Hope uh, waves is every- how the intellect devourers get you. <laughs> <laughs> God. I don't like that. Also, are we allowed to even talk about those, Rick, technically? Intellect devourers? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Okay. We're oh. allowed to talk about whatever the we D&D want. The D&D movie ripped them off for the, uh, ripped off Paizo's design of them and then took <laughs> Paizo official artwork and then stuck it on their, their poster. <laughs> Wee. So screw them. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, uh, as I said just a moment ago, my name is Ross Scoggin. Um, I am, in this case, going to be your host and game master for our Tales from Dark Moon Vale series as we continue in the area of Andrin known affectionately as Dark Moon Vale. Uh, and then to my digital left, if we want to go ahead and do a roundtable where y'all can introduce yourselves and remind us of who you're playing, because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, uh, I am Jessica Jenkins. I am playing Clove Barlow, 15-year-old barbarian herbalist um, who has a little bit of an anger slash maybe possession problem, question mark? Maybe, something like that. Something like that. And I am Jordan Jenkins. I am playing Amaranth Silverleaf, the elven wizard. Also joined by his familiar, Regina. He oh, goes Reggie. by Reggie. <laughs> uh, good old Reggie. Reggie, played by Ross. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. My name is Heather Allen, and I'm playing Celestine Rainhurst. She's a half-elven rogue with the thief racket who really hates the town we're in. <laughs> in her defense, this place kind of sucks. <laughs> Who's here for some reason, though? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not easy to just pick up and leave sometimes. I mean, <laughs> We were just really rich for a minute. for a minute (laughs) Uh, and I am Rachel Sandage and I am playing Estrella Rasbeth who is a halfling fighter born and raised in the town of Falcons 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 Hollow and she also uh, well she loves the town hates the lumber consortium Mm. (laughs) love the town hate the people fair (laughs) I mean admittedly the lumber consortium is in charge of the town which makes it difficult sometimes love the town hate the leadership yeah, yeah more fair. more that, but the people are all right. Uh, and I am Rick Sandage. I am uh, playing Volgrim Grim Ansvar um, of the Five Kings Mountains, originally one of the Holstuskin Mountain Dwarves, champion of the Dwarven Pantheon, mostly Torag, although uh, I do, you know, embrace the entirety of the Dwarven Pantheon with uh, one notable exception. Y'all mm, remember so. Rick and his dwarf lore? Here we go. Yeah. I was going to say, buckle up, everybody. Rick's had three years to prep more dwarf lore. Pfizer just put out a book for me. The timing of this could not be better for Rick. Get ready for all the dwarf facts. All you dwarf lovers. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I have a feeling it's so, going to yeah. come in handy. So Maybe. basically the, uh, the party dad. Yes. <laughs> team yep. dad or team grandpa. However, I'm not bad or sad. So there is that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a little mad, though. I mean, champions tend to need multiple abilities. It's true. I'm, I'm mostly uh, just strength and constitution. Ah, fair. <laughs> I'm very hardy for... Mm, 200-something, right? For 254 years old. Yeah. Dear Lord. <laughs> just imagine so we have very old people, and also I'm 15. So we have, like, very yeah. young and very old. We have the whole gambit here. Uh, in the meantime, though, I think you all also might be wondering, uh, how exactly did we get here? But we 
we even? Yeah, where are we even? Darkmoon Vale is a uh, part of Andorin, uh, which of course is the nation of strange sort of revolution. The idea that perhaps it is best to leave rulership in the hands of the masses. Yes, this is in fact the home of democracy. However, Darkmoon Vale itself is perhaps something of a stain on the region of Andorin. The woodlands here are known for having darkwood, uh, which of course is an extremely rare resource. And the Lumber Consortium, which uh, tasks itself with basically chopping down as many darkwood trees as possible, uh, is has a sort of iron grip on the town. In the meantime, not too long ago, about, say, a month and a half, though it has been three years for us, a plague had recently rocked the town of Falcon's Hollow. Several... I suppose explorers, people who were in the town either by circumstance or by nature of having lived there, uh, decided to take it upon themselves to go and search for a cure for said plague. They were successful. Uh, spoiler alert for those of you who have not caught up on Tales from Darkmoon Vale. What are you Thanks doing for here? Diving in. <laughs> if you missed <laughs> yeah. the first uh, nine episodes. Yeah. Uh, might want to go listen to those first. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Or just power through. I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out. We have incredibly intelligent listeners. It's true. That is, that is true. very true. But uh, yeah, they had uh, managed to secure a cure for the town, uh, wherein they were regarded as, uh, at the very least, heroic individuals who could be called upon in time of need. This unfortunately came with the side effect of attracting the notice of the Lumber Consortium, who were not super enthusiastic for this cure being distributed for free. Um, a thing that our, of course, noble heroes were happy to provide to the townsfolk who were still sick, uh, including, I believe, Grimm's granddaughter. That is true. Ashra. Yeah. You weren't uh, about to just go, no, actually, sorry, we're not going to not going to help the town at this point. From there, you had settled in into a bit of a peaceful routine until that routine was broken uh, upon a routine furniture delivery to Alara's halfway house, wherein Estrella's father had created a number of furniture pieces to be delivered. He had enlisted Estrella, who had enlisted all of you to basically help with the delivery because... Even though the halfway house is not exactly in the woods, it is close enough to warrant an extra degree of caution. You made your way there and discovered that things were not exactly going well inside of the house. You had encountered frightened children and a very evasive matron for the house itself. Um, Alara was not yeah, very forthcoming. Yeah, she was not very forthcoming with any information. Um, and it was up to you to discover that bogies had taken advantage of the fear of the children. While in the meantime, one of them was also hiding a dangerous secret. Or rather, Alora was hiding that one of them was hiding a dangerous secret. That's true. Uh, mm -hmm. Downstairs, you had encountered Jeva, who apparently at some point had uh, taken on the curse of lycanthropy, becoming a full-fledged werewolf. Poor girl. Yeah. There was. Um, Yes. <laughs> uh, you managed quite bravely to head downstairs and not only save Jeva, but Alara as well, who at that point had been attacked by Jeva um, after her transformation into a werewolf. Uh, at some point, I believe Grim also got bit, which um, sure. yeah, we're may not or may sure not what have consequences. Yeah. We'll find out. He rolls sure be fine. decently on a fortitude save, so who knows? I know. Decent. And oh, now Ross is doing it to us. Uh, <laughs> how the turntables. Yes. Now I have the sticky notes. 
Uh, <laughs> oh no! I was wondering where those got to. <laughs> yeah, you know, you sure you really shouldn't keep them directly next to the throne, Rick. Um, but uh, in the I'll meantime, spent in the chair for a few minutes and already spilling off his supplies. <laughs> That's what you do at work, right? <laughs> this is why you don't you don't hire Tim help, Rick. It's true. Yeah, you had managed to valiantly save Jeva, Alara, and all of the children, taking them out of the house. Unfortunately, the orphanage in the process did burn down. Um, and unfortunately, uh, yeah, the smoke was actually getting to all of you before you had a chance to really put out of the fire, which is fair. The smoke is usually what kills you fastest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, discretion yes. being the better part of valor um, and having saved all the actual occupants. That's true. That basement was very uh, House of Usher kind of thing. Like, uh, let's yeah. just store let's store dead bodies down here with all this gunpowder in this copper line room. <laughs> It'll be great. It's perfect location for it. They didn't have OSHA back then, okay? It's true. Or apparently an understanding of storms. <laughs> I mean They yeah. did have a strong understanding of dramatic timing though, so I will give uh, I will give that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah I'm saying that, that you are on the level of Edgar Allan Poe, so I appreciate uh <laughs> you running this game and the continued uh exploits here. Excellent. That is that is a high compliment. I don't know if I've ever received anything quite so <laughs> quite so magnanimous. Prestigious. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, from there though, um, I believe four weeks have now passed since Ooh. that fateful day. A few things have changed throughout the town. Uh, first and most notably, summer of course is kicked into high gear as it is now late Erastus, which is roughly equivalent to July if you're following on the Gregorian calendar. It is also the southern portion of Aviston, which means that it does get very, very hot here. Uh, so, yeah, hot. very hot. Since the town of Falcon's Hollow itself is also along the River Foam, quite humid as well. Oh, so, great. Gross. Love it. Yeah, much like <laughs> yeah. that. That's not a good thing. No. <laughs> Sorry, Houstonites. Sorry, Houston. Houston. Uh, Sorry, Houston. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about you. Sorry the entirety of Houston. <laughs> With your humidity and your smog. <laughs> In addition, of course, to these changes, a few other things have rocked the town. First and most notable, Alara, the former custodian of the orphanage, she has been jailed due to high levels of negligence. The party did turn her in at the end of those events, which I feel is fair. Oh, yeah. yeah, you don't get to ignore the kids and then keep your standing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and lycanthropy is a public health hazard, like for yeah. real. <laughs> I mean, to put it mildly, yes. Yes, it definitely is. Why are you keeping this werewolf with all these other children? <laughs> <laughs> don't you know that lycanthropy spreads? Come on. I'm sure, sure it's fine. Nothing yeah. bad happened at it all. It only spreads on the full moon. It's fine. <laughs> That's not, well, I mean, it's kind of true, but, but yes, she is currently being held by uh, Sheriff Bailson, um, who has uh, kept her basically at the local jail. The rest of the children have been taken over to the Temple of Iomade, uh, where Lady Ginsar is currently keeping track of them. I assume you all made her aware of Jeva's tendency to, <laughs> yes. you know, yes, become we did. a werewolf. Um, we didn't yes. know. Surprise. <laughs> See previous comment about a public health hazard. <laughs> yes. I, I Again, I figured, but I didn't want to assume in case that you hadn't, okay? But for the rest of you, then, time has passed more or less uneventfully for... Grim, I assume he's been tending to his fields. Um, Next month is harvest season. Yeah. Clove, of course, uh, making her remedies and helping yeah. out with roots and remedies as well. 
Amaranth, I believe, doing several scholarly studies in the region since you just kind of decided to live here for the time being. Yep. Live off of the little bit of gold that we got, you know? Yeah, you know. At the very least, you're still on sabbatical, I imagine. Uh, yes, it is I am. still the summer, so might as well see how this shakes out, right? Uh, Estrella, of course, uh, helping her father as well as continuing her job with the Lumber Consortium. Mm-hmm. And we have Celestine, who I believe has mostly just been hunting in the woods like she usually yep. does. Avoiding the Lumber Consortium because those guys are jerks. Skulking. They Skulking around are. in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you probably do see, at the very least, Clove on occasion, because she Uh-oh. does uh, wander into the woods from time to time to find various herbs and other things that she needs. Yep. It is on the evening of Erastus the 28th. In fact, it's probably more accurate to say the very early morning of Erastus the 28th. When Celestine, you are awoken by rapid and frantic knocking upon your door. That's It weird. sounds like somebody <laughs> is trying to get your attention. Celestine will get up and grab her sword because, <laughs> you know, she lives in an old rundown lumber, sh- you know, consortium shack at the old cut yard that they don't use anymore. So people don't really know where she lives. And uh, I'll answer the door. Very well. As you, you fully awaken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she has it's a door. Re- it's, really just, it's really just kind of boarded up there. I like there. a tent flap. <laughs> immediately fall off door the there. hinges. <laughs> oh. Think one of those old cabins at like a summer camp, you know, it's just one of those. It's about to fall down around her head, but it's shelter. Yeah, what <laughs> kind of summer camps did you go to? <laughs> camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> uh, but as you awaken, you fully awaken, clutch your, I believe, elven curve blade, if I remember correctly. Yes. You hear over the frantic knocking, the distant sound, of course, of... Cicadas, crickets, other nighttime sounds as well. Whoever this is, they haven't spooked away the animals to the extent that you suspect it's some sort of supernatural threat, at least. But I'll open the door. Opening the door, you almost get smacked directly in the stomach as the young man that had been knocking on the door continues his frantic knocking, almost not even looking up to notice that the door is opened. Looking down at him, um, do you actually have any lights or lanterns or anything? I would probably be fumbling to find one, but yeah, I don't have no, I can't cast any spells, so, you uh, know. In the moonlight, at the very least, your elven eyes adjust rather quickly, and you can see soft red hair and a flowing mop around him, a face filled with freckles, a young man that you've met before. Holland stares up at you with his bright blue eyes, though in this case streaked with tears. Uh, A friend of his standing right behind him. You believe her name was Riley? Uh, miss, you're, uh, we need help. What's going on? You're, um, there's my, um, it might be easier to show you, uh, but, um, something, something's happened to, to my sister. All right. Motion for the child to lead the way. <laughs> lead on, child. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Is this one of the orphans? Technically, he is an orphan, but he is being raised by his sister rather than uh, at He's the not orphanage. an orphanage orphan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a different kind of orphan. Like, Clove is an orphan, but not an orphanage orphan. Well, I met was he was Holland because I was looking at the list and I was like, I don't see that name on the list of orphans. <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing out in the woods in the middle of the night, morning? Just creeping. Night. 
<laughs> He's slender kid. It's fine. Anyway. You have to both look and not and look at him. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but I, I will follow him. Very well. Um, do you grab anything besides your curve blade or is that um, going to be I'll enough I'll grab for my you? armor and just my backpack, which has my like supplies in it. But other than that, no. Very well. So you grab your stuff, uh, go running as Holland leads you in the direction, basically toward the west and slightly south along the tree line. You can immediately recognize that he's taking you in the direction of the halfway house. Something happened, and, and and they're gone now, and I don't know who else to go to. And you're the closest one here, so um, we gotta we who's, gotta find them. Who's gone? Um, my sister and uh, uh, Sheriff Bailson. Um, what? They got taken. They got taken. taken. Yes. And we have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> if no one was gonna do it, I had to. I just thought it really loudly. Gracious. Come on, we got to get there. It, it, it's not super far. Um, I'll just three continue miles to go with these kids and <laughs> okay, be like, enough. okay, then. <laughs> How does a full-grown man get taken? Like, by who <laughs> and by what? I have the so many sheriff, questions. even, who was yeah. kind of the nice. Of the yeah. He's also, like, a really awesome swordsman because he yeah. trains me. <laughs> uh, he's an axeman, technically, but yes, he is very skilled. He's good with weapons. And yeah. he's Finally. nice. Like, he's like the one nice authority figure in this freaking Oh, that's true. He is also a nice one. Yes. <laughs> yep. Holland oh, naughty and nice as new alignments would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you naughty or are you nice? Okay. <laughs> I'm liking this updated second edition. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm making a list. Chaotic yes. naughty. <laughs> Holland leads you onward, though, as the night continues it takes you about perhaps some 10 20 minutes to actually reach your location um, as you get to a point where you can at least with your eyes see the ruins of the halfway house not far from you it is just as dilapidated and burned out as it had been the last time you left it and at this point it is difficult to make out much of anything that's going on out here it just seems like there's bunch of grassland and then it turns into the tree line. Holland looks up at you expectantly. This is where it happened. Um, Why were you out here this late at night? Early in the morning? Whichever. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Riley looks over and looks up at you. Her auburn hair just back in a simple ponytail and uh, her clothes at the very least looking nicer than the last time you remember seeing her. You're guessing that the priest of Iomide is actually giving, treating them much better than Alara ever did, which at the very least is an improvement. But she looks up at you and says, well, um, we were just trying to make sure that, you know, their date went okay. Oh! Holland, Holland oh looks over at her. Shh! You weren't supposed to talk about that. Well, date. she needs to know because she needs to know all the details. Maybe, maybe it matters for why they were taken. Why were they on a date at a burned out Orphanage, first of all. Holland shrugs. Because there's oh. nowhere else to be alone in this town. You know, there's, there's all these woods around. Holland shrugs. I don't know. They just went out this way. Maybe they just started walking. What Riley exactly? just smiles and says, it's very romantic out here. I mean, what? if you ignore the, the building. What? These people, they need standards. 
<laughs> Where else better are there ghost go? stories in this town? <laughs> better clearly. Like the woods. Like, I like that makeout point is just a rock near an orphanage. They're just like. <laughs> <laughs> when we die and leave behind, behind our child, rock. they can go here. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That's dark. So what did Leap. you see? Right. Um, so they were, they, they came over here and they were talking and, and, you know, holding hands and stuff. Holland seems to really want to gloss over that part. <laughs> and um, so anyway, they, they were doing that. And then um, and then some lizard things appeared. I, I think I think they were kobolds. I, I, that's that's the ones that walk on two legs, right? They're kobolds, right? And small. Yeah, but there were a bunch of them. Like, I mean, how many were they, Roddy? I, I'd say 10 or so. They had a big frog thing with them too. Frog thing. Um, I mean, my mind went to frog hemoth, and that's not I a little frog bogger. thing. <laughs> so, a frog creature or a big frog? <laughs> I don't know. It was just a really big frog. Riley I'm guessing responds. their dungeoneering skills aren't very high. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Apparently what we should have been doing in the last month is starting an adventuring camp, like the summer camp. Oh my god, yes. All right, everyone, it's time to take out your wooden swords and hit those dummies. I was using all my actions to hide. I didn't have time to recall knowledge on this lizard thing when I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Then it got away. kobolds took the sheriff and your sister. Yeah, yeah, they did, I think. I mean, it, it all happened really fast, but, I mean, they just sort of ambushed them and and, and and the sheriff was mad and, and my sister was mad and they both tried to fight, but then there were just too many of them and, 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 and they got away. All right. I am going to take a look around here. I need you to go and find my friends. Okay. Um, like the, the angry lady and the, and the elf guy with, with the, with the nice pet and those, those people. Yes, and, and Grim the, the dwarf and Estrella okay. the halfling. Right, yes. I, I remember their names. I'm sorry. I just it's <laughs> been a been a bad day. It's alright. I'm going to stay here and start looking around and maybe get kidnapped by kobolds. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell don't, him that. At least you have some realistic get, expectations. <laughs> I miss I, I don't think you should get kidnapped. That's not a good idea. I'm sorry, it was it was a bad joke. I was trying oh. to yeah, anyway, if you don't mind going to fetch them and sending them here, all okay. right? Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get them. Okay. Thank you. She kind of pats them on the head. Not sure how to deal with small children. <laughs> uh, they go running off into the night to go find your friends. <laughs> um. That's fine. All right. I guess. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna look around, see what I can't see out here at the burned out orphanage, which is apparently the hot date spot in Falcon's Hollow. Um, Definitely not haunted. No. (laughs) Well, it shouldn't be now. I mean, Uh, I don't think anybody died there. Yeah, that's true. Thanks to all of you. I guess that's true. (laughs) I do have a torch in my bag, so I will light that to have some actual light and start kind of looking around. Very well. So while they're getting everybody, if you would like to go on ahead and make me a survival check as Celestine. Roll a 19 for a 23. Nice. Very nice. Good start. Very nice. All right. Taking a look around, while the story is a bit of a jumbled mess, you do manage to confirm at the very least the main ideas that the children had told you. It seems that a pair of footprints belonging to probably a 
you know, a man and a woman, most likely, or at least two pairs of similar footprints, came this way, stopped at a point decently far away from the halfway house, but at the very least within line of the trees. Um, it is the, I mean, the moon is nearing full. It is very nice out here. And they stop. It seems that they stayed there for a while because the tracks themselves actually grow pretty deep. So presumably whoever was there might have just been shifting their weight more or less standing in place. And then you see the smaller footprints, many of them. They are not shod. Um, all of them also seem to be coming from more or less the north. And one stranger set that seems to be a group of four footprints and perhaps a belly drag mark of some kind. <laughs> though this. It's literally a giant frog. Okay. <laughs> though this creature mm. seems to be, you'd guess, judging by the size, about the size of a mastiff, like some sort of large dog or something like that. Makes me think of the giant toad from Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> I've been playing too much uh, Jedi Survivor and all the rest of that stuff, so I'm just thinking like the Ogdo Bogdo. Oh, yeah, the Ogdo Bogdo. <laughs> Giant frogs. As long as this one doesn't have an instant death tongue attack. Oh, no. But yes. Uh, <laughs> taking a look, though, it does seem that some sort of altercation happened afterwards. It is difficult for you to know exactly how it went down, but it looks like the two footprints that had come here earlier had been more or less completely surrounded. Uh, they didn't have much of an opportunity really to fight back as well. It seems that they were startled in the mess. Somehow they got separated. And then from there, their footprints disappear as if they were just simply picked up and maybe carried off by whoever was with them. You see two groups of four footprints leading away from the scene, again, heading more or less north. In addition, um, the larger creature seems to follow them. All right, well, I'll find a place to sit down and wait for everyone else. <laughs> Over time, um, all of you are awoken at your various domiciles um, <laughs> over the course of the next, let's say, hour. Very well. To find uh, Holland and Riley waking up each of you in turn, you're able to meet just outside the town near Grimm's Orchard as the four of you, I suppose, gather. Assuming that uh, we decided this was a meeting point, uh, Grim would have put together a small bundle of apples. They're not great right now. They need a little bit more time, but they are dessert apples. Um, so fair enough. Toss one to each person as they arrive. Delightful. Clove immediately eats this apple. It's early. Yeah, early? Um, not exactly the way I was expecting to wake up. I'm yeah. sorry, everybody. Holland says uh, it's, it's well, really important to apologize though. for. Uh, lead us to our friend and we'll figure out what's going on. Yeah. I imagine we should get all together there and then discuss this matter first. But you set out uh, into the night, a overall cooler night at the very least than you're used to this time of year. It seems to be perhaps somewhere in the 70s at the very least. So the moonlight, of course, helps illuminate the way for all of you. So at the very least, even without torches or lanterns, you still can see well enough to navigate the trails to that head out in the direction of Alara's halfway house. The two kids frantically try to uh, urge you onward as you continue before the tree line starts getting closer. And as it gets closer, as you near your destination, the night continues to wear onward. Uh, it does actually take, let's see here, another hour for them to come back as it nears two o'clock in the morning. 
Celestine is napping on the burned out steps to this orphanage by the time you all get back. <laughs> Do you want to be napping? That's how you get kidnapped by frogs. Well, I, I suppose it's very good she wasn't uh, uh, taken, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that means uh, yes. the danger is gone. <laughs> I, I figure as uh, Estrella goes up and kicks your boot. <laughs> Not your wisest move. It's very early. Someone <laughs> got kidnapped here. Have we found any tracks? Kobolds and something that may be a giant frog. And mm. they all go back north. Uh, is there any way to identify what this frog thing could be? Well... Based off the description, so it is basically, um, as Riley described, a giant frog. She did describe it as having two distinct tusks. The two children were able to see very clearly. And so, yeah, anybody who wants to can recall knowledge with uh, nature. Yay. Nature. That's a thing I'm trained in. I'm trained in that, too. I'm not trained in that. It just, like, sounds legit. Big frog. (laughs) (laughs) Big bitey frog. Grim strokes his beard and looks pensively out into the darkness. Are you feeling wolfy? <laughs> no, I think I'm doing all right. But I suppose it uh, remains to be seen. Still, kobolds this close to the city. Kobolds kidnapping people this close to the city. Yeah, aren't they usually pretty cowardly? Mm, notoriously. So this is a big step up for them. Well, uh, they were um, uh, told that there were a large number of them that might have given them a, a courage. Yes, they tend to be much more courageous when they're in larger numbers. And especially if they have the element of surprise. They seem to have that. I mean, I've known the sheriff for a long time, and getting the drop on him isn't easy. Um, Easier uh, when he's on a date. What, what, well, that's why I said it's not you, easy, not impossible. Why would you go on a date dating here? somebody, though. <laughs> this is a bad date place. <laughs> also, um, very far from the city. It's quite a walk. Well, you want seclusion if you're on a date. I guess. Six miles of seclusion, though? Seems a little uh um, Do you extreme? not know everybody in Valkan's Hollow? They are gossips. She's right. That is true. Mm. I haven't even been here that long, and I've already started to ascertain that. And yes, this is a poor um, date location. They were probably just going on a walk and didn't... Maybe they didn't even realize how far they'd gotten from town. Mm. Besides, it's the sheriff. Normally, he would be... <sighs> Like Astraea said, it'd be hard to get the drop on him. He's a skilled swordsman. Well, axe. Axeman. We shouldn't forget that the warg that we battled in the abandoned monastery. The one that I made a cloak out of. Yes, that one. (laughs) Mentioned something about this alliance with the kobolds and if they are united, if they'd been responsible for the corruption of our water source, the plague that came through the city. Oh, yeah. If that fell through, then this may be the first uh, preamble to an eventual evasion. If the sheriff, as you stated, is an extraordinarily skilled warrior and also the leader of the local militia, removing him would be a good first step towards weakening the city in preparation. Well, sounds like we need to get our sheriff back. I think this frog creature might be a slurk. They're tusked frog beasts that are usually found in underground lairs and caves. Hmm. It oh. could be possible that the kobolds have tamed one and are using it as a pet. I mean, if it's if it's if it's not that, it could also be a frog hemoth, which is like a big, scary, frogish thing that's like in the darklands and stuff. Frog hemoth is in behemoth. Uh, maybe they're big. They could eat dinosaurs and stuff. Oh well, then if this was 
uh, the size of a dog unless it's a baby, then uh, which well, I guess is would... a possibility. Yeah, if they're training it. Uh, also, uh, point of order, dinosaurs uh, do come in uh, all kinds of varieties, from very small to very large. It could be dinosaurs, yeah. just very small ones. Um, anyway, I don't know. Point of order recognized, but Celestine, <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, a, it secretes gross, sticky goo. They're, they can climb on walls and cling to ceilings and they can attack their foes with this goo and it limits your ability to move. It's well, very gross. Did you find goo? any signs of goo? I wasn't looking, but I suppose oh. we can take another glance around. Maybe this sheriff got glue, glued? Gooed? And, and then he that couldn't, could be why he didn't you know, fight anything. Yeah. Mm. Let's sure. go look for goo. Uh, you can. So in this case, uh, it would be a perception check from the party if you look all want to look for, for goo. goo. Let's all look for goo. I have heard, by the way, of uh, slurks as well. They're not uncommon in the caves sometimes, but... Oh. Beyond just the regular uh, secretion, this substance, they can also increase a, a certain... Um, let's call <sighs> it a grease, if you will. Basically, that uh, it can protect itself from its own... Um, sticky slime by coating itself in grease. It actually has a number of industrial uses. Keeping it sounds disgusting. Working. Uh, I found a very large patch of goo. Is it sticky yeah. or greasy? Uh, sticky? Judging by the stick I stuck in it? <laughs> <laughs> it is stick-like, in, in fact. Yeah. Can I, I use it in any work. sort of remedies? I will point out that it is specifically fetid. Mm. No, yeah, from your understanding, industrial is probably the best use for it. Uh, Remedy is not so much. It's it's more, it's good for greasing the wheels, if you will. Yeah, got my smell. This definitely is disgusting. If it is uh, uh, grease-like, would it happen to be um, combustible? No, no. I don't know, you got um, something to combust it? Yes. (laughs) Try. No, it, it basically... Um, Grim's like, no, no one's setting anything on fire. Like, ah! All of you are done with your apples, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, I yes. didn't get an apple. Uh, I have one here for you, but wait a moment. Uh, <laughs> they have large uh, pustules on their back, kind of like um, pustule sacs or large uh, kind of pimples that they yeah. burst yeah. to uh, uh, by flexing its skin to uh, spray them out covering their foes in, uh, in sticky grease and such. So are more they, likely than not, it would have been able to surprise the sheriff from some distance with its... Are they smart? Uh, like, can they... Are they the leader? Or is it like they're animals? I don't believe that they're very intelligent. They're clever, but they're not the masterminds in these situations. Oh. So we're going to have to go find these nasty creatures. Yes. Um, yes, well, uh, definitely. To be fair, we, we did only see tracks for one slurk. Oh. So there could just right. be one. Right. And all of its friends. It would be nice if my sister were back, and you know, we, we, we probably want the sheriff to Holland chimes in. <laughs> of course. I think the two of you need to get home, yes. and then we're going to go take care of finding the sheriff and your sister. And, and tell people not to go to dates here. This is a bad place for dates. Yes. Um, <laughs> for now, I would say that most people should stay within the bounds of the city. Okay. Well, are you sure you don't need help? You're very brave, but I think... Estrella is right, and you should go home. All right. Riley nods. No, they're they're very right. We should probably go home. Make certain that the city is informed that the sheriff is missing, though. No, the consortium will have a field day with that. If it keeps people safe, I don't honestly care what they think. Mm. I mean, yeah, if they go to the sheriff and he's not there, that's going to be a big problem, Riley says. Yeah. 
Well, okay, we'll we'll go home. I'll make sure he gets home okay. And um yeah, we'll we'll tell everybody that. <laughs> I suppose the two uh wander off then if that is uh, all that you need from them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they told us everything they knew, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so I draw um, my machete. I was guess everybody we're pulls going weapons. Into the woods. <laughs> Can I Let's have my tracking. apple now? Oh, do we yes, have uh, everything we need to actually go where we need to go, or do we need to make a stop in town and stock up first? I have all of my gear. I grabbed it when the children knocked on my door in the middle of the night and said there was a problem. <laughs> I I made I made some elixirs and stuff that I, we can use. Also, I brought them because they were my backpack. I purchased some healing potions that should hopefully help. So uh, I, I happen to as well, just in case something like this happens, since it uh, did happen twice to us so far. Well, yeah. When you when you do good things, people tend to come back to you to do more good things. <laughs> and those good things sometimes hurt. So yes, I have everything that I need. So all right. The tracks led north, which I. It's been three years, or feels like three years for me. And that's that's the direction of the monastery. Yes, my memory is not what it used to be. Sure, of I course knew somebody it is. was going to make that joke. So, um, just for everybody's edification, currently you are about six miles outside of town um, at the ruins of Laura's halfway house. Okay. Right now, from your current position, assuming that you just go the direct route across the river. It does look like that they've gone north and very, very slightly west, which mm. by all of your estimation, uh, since you have been there at least once, you recall, of course, that is the direction of Drosgar's Crucible. Mm. Also, the uh, ruined monastery to Torag as well, although mm. the Crucible itself is what lays beneath it. Oh, if we get sleepy on the way, we can sleep in that, that uh, the witch's house that we saw. That would be reticent. <laughs> considering that she left a fake dead body and uh, men left so um, I've been waiting for her to show up at her door with a repair bill for her cauldron <laughs> that we smashed I'm not repairing anything that cauldron hurt us first that's true <laughs> it, it was self defense it started it we uh, just so you're aware the hut is actually out of the way anyway you'd have to go a, oh, okay. a, a separate direction. Uh, so how far overland are we looking so at? So to go directly overland, you're looking at about nine miles. Um, I believe the slowest person is Grim at 20 feet, correct? Yes. I believe so, yeah. Very dangerous at short distances. I think Estrella also is at 20. I think guys at 25. Halflings are surprisingly fast. I have 25. Yeah, that's true. So if uh, you're looking at about nine, uh, nine miles, it will probably take you about four and a half hours uh, to get over there. You will, of course, have to contend with the river if you go the direct route. Oh, Amaranth. Oh, no. <laughs> that said, I believe uh, all of you are actually packing rope at this point. So you at the very least would be able to help Amaranth cross if it came to that. Not to sound insincere pertaining towards the uh, the child and the missing um, sheriff, but we may wish to uh, we're going to have to rest regardless if we set out now or uh, once we get there. We may wish to return back to our homes and meet back here at first light so that we can navigate during the day. At least I think that would be more beneficial to you. Carrying the light source is going to let us be seen from miles away. Yeah, any chance of sneaking up on him is out the window if that's the case. And I think I'm the only one that can see in darkness. So, okay. So yes, I think uh, returning back to the town. Uh, in fact, we 
it kind of occurs to me now that maybe we should have uh, escorted those two children back instead of letting them wander <laughs> in the woods alone after their uh, sister had been kidnapped. <laughs> so we could quickly catch up, or one of those of you who can uh, move faster than me. At the very least, Amaranth, I believe, is rocking a 30 feet I do have speed. a 30 foot movement speed. We also shouldn't let Amaranth wander alone back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Amaranth just looks down at you. No, you're totally right. Yes. <laughs> I'll go with Amaranth and the children. Didn't did yes. didn't he like tra- travel by himself to get here? I would imagine it's probably part of a caravan or maybe on a boat. Uh, yes. No, I I most definitely uh, rode with other people. Yes, oh. he rode in the middle of everybody. Reggie says. <laughs> oh, okay. Clove is just like this. All makes sense suddenly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yes, we should meet back here at first light. Sounds good. Very well. It only occurs to me now. Does anyone have any extra like leftover gold? Uh, yes. I have some silver. Mm. I have, um, two whole gold left over. Mm. Okay, yeah. Don't have enough for it. Grim was kind of considering, you know, should we all chip in and get some infiltrator tools? Because we're going to be dealing with kobolds, and there's going to be a and ton of traps. And there's going to be traps. so many traps. So many traps. Uh, <laughs> Do we have any thievery? Hi. Oh, wait, we have a rogue. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I always think you're a ranger. I have trap finding, and I also retrained during my downtime and got a feet that gives me a bonus to my armor class if I mess up disarming a trap. Oh, so. nice. Wary disarmament Talk or about something? planning yeah. for the worst. You already got a plus one for uh, trap finding. Is that stacked with mm-hmm. it? I believe it does, yes. Oh, nice. Plus two circumstance bonus to AC or saving throw against a It's a higher bonus, but yeah. Yeah. Ah. yeah. This only applies to attacks or effects triggered by your failed attempt. So mm-hmm. it basically... <laughs> you know. Just in case it goes wrong. <laughs> also... If you want to call attention uh, to your quest tracker, you should have a couple. Ooh, quests quest tracker! Now. Ross uh, is quests. pulling out all the all the stops. Oh, we need to find a cure for lycanthropy. That's a thing I could have been researching in those four weeks. I mean, I assume you would like her to not be a werewolf yes. anymore. Uh, yes, she would like to not be a werewolf Something anymore. Something to do with Belladonna, I believe, but I don't know if and we ever might found need any. it for Grim because I don't think Grim's going to want to be a werewolf either. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, depends on the mechanical benefits. Character-wise, I'm pretty, you I'm pretty sure it's hard to be a safe. paladin of Torag and the other <laughs> Dwarven pantheon with like with being a werewolf. A little bit. Uh, in the meantime, though, uh, you head back, easily catching up with Riley and Holland, who take a bit of a slow route on their way back until you get there, and then they feel much safer. Like, just kidding. Yeah. We're say they definitely uh, witnessed something kind of dramatic, so totally yeah. understandable. Although maybe don't tail your older sister on her date? (laughs) He's a protective little brother. It's true, but there's some weirdness here. (laughs) What if they had done more than holding hands, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he doesn't know about that yet. Yeah, he probably does. (laughs) He probably does. He didn't come yelling and been like, the two of them are fighting. (laughs) (laughs) With their bodies. He's about to put her in a headlock, so I had to club him over the back of the head. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, you get back, though, um, without any further issue at the very least. The only accompanying extra noises are the occasional hoots of the owls. And you see Ooh. off in the distance perhaps a few deer or raccoons, things like that, but nothing dangerous to all of you. As you head back home, take a quick, I guess, nap at the very least. By this mm-hmm. point, it's about three in the morning and wait for dawn. So four hours or whatever. And then we get up and go. Yes. But as dawn approaches, the humidity almost seems to turn up considerably the moment the sun rises. Maybe we do need to travel at night. 
<laughs> this is not the desert. The clouds overhead seem to crowd in around you, but they don't seem to be rain clouds. They seem to be the more threatening rain clouds that this may turn into something in a few days. Mm. For now, it is mostly just sticky and humid and very hot. Very like early. Texas. It is very much like Texas. If you've never been here, that yeah, that's what don't it's like. Don't come in the summer. Don't come in the summer. Definitely don't come in the summer. Do yourself a favor. Don't come in the summer. It's like, yeah, we have beaches, but they're not good ones. Go somewhere with real good beaches. Mm -hmm. Galveston's not that great. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Galveston. We're just Uh, calling out all the Texas cities today. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a beach, but it's not a real beach. (laughs) Jess and Jordan are just like, we got married at a beach down there. Thank you. It was nice. It was awesome. <laughs> there were dolphins. It, yeah, there, there were dolphins. Hey, that there was were pretty dolphins. awesome. That is pretty cool. That was for the second marriage. Oh, yeah. The first marriage, no The dolphins. first marriage was at the beach, and it was nice, but it, it was still Galveston. It was, for everybody who, who is not up on yeah, our, our drama, drama. <laughs> it was not two marriages. We did not, like, get married, divorce, get married again. <laughs> there were two weddings because of the no, pandemic. Leave that, that open chaotic. for interpretation. That's way more fun. That's as chaotic as we are. I need to clarify, Jess and I are still together. Yes, we'll have a, yes. we'll a sub-thread in our Discord about what exactly that meant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, join our Discord if you haven't. It's a lot of fun. We're on there. They got married on a beach. Jordan got washed out to sea. He was declared legally dead. Dead, and then he showed back up again. So they had literally one again. year later to the day. <laughs> to be fair, I almost fell off a boat at getting off a boat at your wedding. Okay, oh, yeah, you did I almost fall off the boat. Mm. <laughs> that was humid and sticky and gross. That's exactly how this it feels. Was human and now we're back in the adventure. <laughs> that was only because it rained. Oh but yeah, for sure. You awaken uh, with the dawn as you get yourselves ready. You can already hear the distant sounds of wood chopping of pulp being processed into various products, everything from paper to basically planks, um, things that you would need to build houses with. Very well. So you meet outside of town, um, back at the ruins. So it takes you, of course, again, in about another hour or so to make it out there at this point. (laughs) No! Don't make it a thing. Do not, do not make I, that a thing. I love it. It's, that's what it is. <laughs> Hashtag not a thing. Um, it's terrible. It's right next awful. to an orphanage. <laughs> but you set out upon the trails in the morning, uh, <laughs> making your way north and west as the sun continues to rise and beats down upon all of you. It is a miserable experience to go walking even this early in the morning. That said, the sunlight is still bright enough despite the cloud cover that uh, you managed to make it there um, easily enough. And the remains of the tracks are still there when you make it back to the point that you left from. Mm. Well, visibility is improved, but I will admit this is maybe a terrible mistake. Mm. It was cooler earlier. Graham continues. He's got a horsehair brush out and is just trying to get his uh, his beard under control with all oh, the good humidity. Luck. Just humidity. You might just have to braid it. Uh, there also may be no point. That's we true. may be about to uh, see combat and it will be dirty very soon. Well, then I will take care of it again. Did you, did you bring <laughs> apples? Yes, I, I did. <laughs> I Give us our apple slices, Papa. We want them. <laughs> <laughs> Demanding. Bring us apples. <laughs> Little did we know we shared this common thread. Uh, everyone take an apple. Yay. Reggie gives Amaranth uh, cute little eyes as she notices he picks up an apple. Oh, yes. He pulls out his dagger and like cuts her like a little piece and gives it to her. 
It is the only use that dagger will see in this entire campaign. <laughs> His dagger named Apple Slayer. <laughs> As uh, you all enjoy your, I suppose, your morning snack. And yep. then <laughs> head out into the woods themselves. So it seems if we go uh, straight north from here, then we should be able to get back to uh, the monastery. Well, let's go then. Following the tracks, they do seem to lead in that direction, though I will need a surviving roll for tracking from the party. I had a five survival. Who has? Mine's only a four. I've got a survival of five also. I have a four. Maybe we both make one and then somebody can aid. Yeah, we'll both roll and then uh, worst case scenario. If one of us is like this way and the other one's like that way, we can flip a coin. We'll We'll have a tiebreaker. All right, I get an 11 for 16. I got a 10 for 15. Uh, and I'm rocking a 15 for 20. All right. Very nice. nice. I am literally a scout. That actually is my background. <laughs> nice. Nice. Grim, Clove, and Estrella all take a look at the tracks and are able to follow them pretty well. It doesn't seem that the kobolds spent much time actually trying to disguise their tracks. <laughs> Fair. And of course, it seems that they were also laden with, you suppose, carrying off both Rolla and the sheriff um, at this point, making it far easier to actually keep track of them as their taloned feet go far deeper into the into the grass and into the mud than they otherwise would. It's curious, though. Why keep him alive? Uh, to, to learn about the town? It's possible. Uh, well, um, I don't know anything about their religion, but um, some religions do practice um, uh, ritual sacrifice. Mm. You think they're going to sacrifice the sheriff? Clove blanches. <laughs> I, I mean, oh it, not saying that they, that they would, but uh, it is something that uh, people have been known to do. Uh, kobolds, in my experience, are, um, well, they can worship any variety of uh, deities, tend to be on the more evil side of things. However, uh, it's not impossible that if they're worshippers of something like Lamashtu, that they may be interested in sacrificing someone. Clove probably has the right of it, though. They may be wanting to interrogate him for more information. Mm-hmm. Mm. You follow the tracks through the woods. As they go into the deeper sections of the forest, it does cool down somewhat, though, of course, again, with the cloud cover, the sun wasn't the main problem. It's simply just the climate this time of year. That said, it still provides a small amount of relief. Unfortunately, of course... It is much more difficult going through here as far as there are only occasional paths that you can take that head in the direction of the river. The closest lumber consortium camp is about a couple of miles further west from here. And for the most part, they spend their time more or less clear cutting as much of the wood as they can get. Because, of course, they can't do it sustainably. That wouldn't make enough money. The leader of the Lumber Consortium is just uh, Tim Curry playing Hexus from Ferngully. <laughs> I think yeah. I made that joke last time. <laughs> pretty I sure think you, did. you yeah. did. I was like, I'm pretty sure we made this joke, but it's worth remembering because it was a good joke. It is good. Thank you. It is <laughs> shockingly short-sighted of this Lumber Consortium. Well, they're short-sighted about almost everything. Not uh, too surprising given the, uh, the um, short lives of humans. True, but my experience with humans is... Many of them care a great deal for their own families. It's something that humans and dwarves share in common. A desire to leave something for their next of kin, but this level of greed, taking away the ability for their future generations to work for short-term profits now, it's disgusting. 
We dwarves often have many uh, parables and stories pertaining towards the dangers of greed, desiring something too much that has blinded many a dwarven hero. They dig too deep and too greedily. <laughs> but I've never loved digging. We dwarves come from the center of the, the ground beneath our feet. We were formed of sparks from Torag's hammer settling in the stones. It's a, a comforting place. Okay. For many, the woods so. are more dangerous. Kobolds, I imagine, would share much the same view. If you're in the tunnel, then there's before you and there is behind you. You know, you're trapped only if you're unaware of your circumstances. Otherwise, it's extraordinarily defensible. And there's a reason why dwarven tunnels are almost uniformly five feet high, about five feet wide. The height and width of a dwarf. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for, you know, defensible position. I mean, no doorway is, is really great for a halfling, though. I mean, we can fit through everything. But out here, that is why my people oftentimes avoid the forest, the woods, places like that. I'm much more at home here. I've always enjoyed the outdoors, the sky, but it is more dangerous. I think it's all about perspective. It's also well, true. true. The, uh, the Keonan elves um, live more in harmony with uh, nature and uh, do not have, um, well, such operations as this um, clear cutting. I've never been to your people's homeland, but I'd be interested in seeing. I like trees. I like trees as well. We're all in agreement then. <laughs> trees are good. <laughs> we all like breathing oxygen. Everyone pick a tree, hug it. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, trees surrounding you, of course, provide a limited view of your direction, yet the tracks give you a pretty clear roadmap of where to go. Again, they seem to just be making a beeline directly for Droskar's Crag and the ruined monastery that you'd been to, again, perhaps maybe some two months ago. Uh, once we get closer, Celestine, you may wish to take point. Oh, kobolds. They're mm. trappy little guys. All right. I wouldn't put it past them to leave a pit trap or something in their wake as they're making the way. <laughs> Extraordinarily skilled diggers, actually. Not oh, dwarven, here we go. but Digging. skilled. <laughs> Digging is a, is a lot. Uh, I mean, you got to dig to actually, um, you got to dig to plant things. I mean, it's sure. necessary. Diggy, diggy hole. Yeah, does Grim start singing diggy hole? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am a dwarf and I'm planting my orchard. Diggy, diggy hole. <laughs> diggy, diggy hole. <laughs> if anyone hasn't figured it out yet, there is a song by Windrose called Diggy, Diggy Hole that we all love. <laughs> Very much. It is the dwarven theme song. That's why Grim plants nothing but golden delicious apples. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> As you approach nearer to midday, you begin to hear the rush of the Dark Moon River, a river which is a tributary of the River Foam, um, coming from the Droskmere Lake, though calling it a lake is something of a misnomer. It's more or less a glorified, perhaps, super pond, something like that. It's a puddle. It was super pond. <laughs> it's yeah. a whole puddle. It, it's bigger than a pond. It is definitely um, not well, as map deep, is the scale. It's like a, a mile across and about three miles yeah. wide. It's actually, you, know, you make a valid point. I was assuming also, this map is the scale. It is to scale. <laughs> I, I did actually scale it out. So. Oh, okay. Neat. Yeah. It's still a small. It's on the it's a very smaller small side. Lake. lake. Mm. A wee little lake. Because we. But the clear waters of the Drosmere go into the Dark Moon River, which is 
at the very least, something that you can travel across, unlike the River Foam, which is noted for its incredibly swift rapids, uh, uh, which is why... Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see where the name comes from. Yes. <laughs> Having gone uh, river rafting before. <laughs> yeah. River travel to Falcon's Hollow is actually extremely treacherous. Very few people attempt it. Um, hmm. This is why most... They actually send most of their stuff overland instead of actually exporting or importing it by the river. Celestine will clap, like a real clasp Amaranth on the shoulder. You ready? No. Not at all. <laughs> um, Reggie, you might want to go first. This time we're going to make a rope bridge. Didn't we leave a rope across this? I think you I did, think we actually. Did. Yeah. yeah. Is it still there? The rope is, is it still, still here there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nobody's taken How it. How did the kobolds um, get across? Ah, we helped them. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I mean, they would have had to figure out their own way regardless, but yeah. Does it still seem like it's pretty securely attached? I mean, look you can look it over with crafting. It is a secret role to evaluate it. Yeah, might want to just to be safe. I'll evaluate a rope. I'm good at crafting. We could also tie a rope onto Amaranth so that if he drowns, we can pull him out. <laughs> <laughs> if he drowns? We're just going to wait till he drowns before we pull him out? <laughs> <laughs> oh. If I drown, pull me out and give me CPR. I should have bought a feather token boat. I don't know if they have those in second edition, but <laughs> probably not. I don't know. Looking it over. Um, seems fine. Looks clear. Most of you can't really determine. It just seems to be a rope. Yeah. I mean, it's surprised old. it's still here. It hasn't been that long. Well, I just mean, you know, animals might have chewed on it or kobolds mm. might have broken it. I don't know. Just mm. surprised. Lumber Consortium people might have stolen it because it's there and they could just take it. That too. Reggie knows what's up. Reggie's a wise little squirrel. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Feather Token swan boats are 76 gold. <laughs> oh my god. They are yeah, capable of carrying of up to 32 medium creatures. That's too big. Oh my god. Are you sure That's you didn't look up a I swan remember. token barge? <laughs> uh, no, I literally was like looking at it. It's like Feather Token and I was like, where's the boat? Where's the boat? And it just keeps getting more expensive. <laughs> like, oh no. Apparently they, did, they really didn't want adventurers using that in second edition. <laughs> That's way more romantic than making out at the ruins. Yeah, right? <laughs> Into a swan boat. Swan really, barge, it's one of those apparently. like party barges. All right. Well, I guess Celestine will go first. Okay. Mm-hmm. To get across, you will still need to make an athletics check. If, uh, However, the rope does make it easier, basically. So oh, instead boy. of it being effectively well running water, it's more or less counts as still water for the purpose of actually crossing. And Clove um, will uh, make like a human harness thing out of rope to put on Amaranth. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll wait until last to mm. go across. So that <laughs> to go safe. No, remember he leaped it last time. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, so he can hold the other end of the rope so that if you fall in, he can reel you in like a fish. Yeah. <laughs> We're all three for a seven. Celestine, you dip a foot in. It feels cold even through your boot, though pleasantly so, because of course it is nine million degrees outside, yeah. <laughs> approximately, yes. Um, we're using the Kelvin system. And, uh, <laughs> uh, we could just swim. And this. as you put your foot down, it slips upon a rock as you immediately start um, yes. tumbling down the river. <laughs> no. I only another athletics check from oh, you. Oh, good. It wasn't me this uh, time. 12 for 16? You're able to catch yourself as oh, you begin man, swimming across. Oh, man, words a bit. <laughs> uh, no one say anything. I will <laughs> need one last moment. athletics check for you to get all the way across, but... 
Karma has come strong. Very well. You are able to get approximately halfway across. You're currently fighting with the current. I believe that means that uh, currently your head is also underwater. All right. That's a 14 for an 18. After that, though, you resurface, uh, take a deep breath, and then swim across to the other side. Estrella is trying not to giggle. Just saying. <laughs> you made it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody seems to want to say anything. We were told not to. Estrella <laughs> already true. did. Yeah. Ah, fair <laughs> enough. Celestine just waves and then waits for everyone else. Yeah, I guess Chloe will go next. next. She's finished tying her harness for the wizard, and she will then go herself. Very well. And four for a 12. Yeah, with the 12, you begin swimming across without much issue. You're about oh, halfway right. across. Bracing. It is bracing. Another four for a 12. I'm just going to roll fours today. At least your fours are decent. Well, Clove, uh, unlike um, Celestine, has not skipped arm day. Oh, yeah, certainly not. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, Clove does have a much higher strength at the very least. Yeah. So um, she manages to swim across without much issue at all. The rope helps considerably. As in, you actually wouldn't have been able to make those rules without it, but you did. So. All right, who's next? It feels Me? great. I believe it's you, Estrella. All right, this is probably not going to go well, but let's see. Uh, uh, 12 for 16. All right, yeah, you begin swimming across as well, easily getting into the water. The water is fast, but uh, you actually seem to swim faster, so you're you're doing pretty well. You get carried a little downstream just because I think you're lighter than everybody else. But yeah, she is we. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. She wee. is we. we. Oh, uh, that may be bad. A uh, seven for an eleven. Well, if not for the rope, it would have been. But oh, okay. uh, fortunately, <laughs> you're able to hold on to it and finish crossing without any particular issue. Yay! Oh, now it's All my right. turn. Yes. I'm, I'm going to walk on the rope to go across, if that's okay. Can, can you not fly, little... Uh... Oh, right, I can fly. Well, you have to jump <laughs> I, from a height, yeah. Um, yes, yes, I, I think so. One, Reggie can speak and understand you, and uh, Reggie can fly. Yes. Right, As so Reggie has just... been able to fly for the last month and a half, is this why you don't fly? This is why you sit on my uh, shoulder? You, you do realize we've already been talking to her, right? You didn't tell me I could fly. How dare you not tell Reggie she can fly? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell you you couldn't fly. Hmm. Oh, regardless, on, Reggie, you should come probably over here. yes, yes, go to Celestine and <laughs> Fudgy, Reggie the flying squirrel starts flying, yes. flapping. <laughs> Reggie starts flapping. Uh, it's actually not necessary not for the necessary, actual yeah. flight. <laughs> she does make her way across with the greatest of ease and uh, slips onto Celestine's shoulder. Amaranth looks over at her jealously. <laughs> uh, it's all about patience. Just take your time. Don't focus on the river. Don't focus on the rope. Keep your eye across the distance. Don't get stressed out. You can do it, Amaranth. If you fall in, we can grab you. I roll a six. For a he six. He slips on a mossy rock. He slips on the exact same rock Celestine stood <laughs> exactly on. Same rock. It Don't looked do very what sturdy. She did. <laughs> I wasn't I trying. Very... <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to roll again. Oh, gosh. Really should have given him some lessons. I roll a six. For a six. <laughs> Do you help him? Can, can we? Can I aid him by pulling just, on this rope? Yes, you can. Yes. You can attempt to aid him by pulling on the rope. As I'm being so. quickly swept away. I don't know if I can roll. Um, at the very oh. least. Uh, oh, just, so close! Dang, so close! I All roll right. an eleven for a nineteen. It's, so it's a straight fifty-fifty for me. This is a real problem. All right, Amaranth. Time again. You haven't critically failed. There we go. That's true. Why you put that out in the world? Uh, so that's a fourteen. 
All, All right. right. So, yeah, you get above water, uh, breathing in, basically. Um, yeah, you're about halfway across now. So, actually, a little further, technically. But All right, I'm trying to help you again with the rope. You're okay. doing great. Come on, Amaranth. You got this. All right, 14 for 22. I do All help right. you with the rope. I'll Very take that well, that's a plus one. one. Take a, a straight plus one bonus. You're doing great. All right, a 14 for a 15. Hey. Huzzah. I made it. Excellent. So yeah, uh, you actually swim across with uh, with the help of Clove as she basically just yanks on the rope to pull you the rest of the way. Um, yeah, and then I untie you... you from your like wizard harness that I've made. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the patented wizard harness. <laughs> yes. You know, like you put your children on like a harness on a little leash. It's kind of like that. But for... <laughs> yeah, it's one of those little leashes for the kids. <laughs> Reggie smiles over at you. You made it. Yay, good job. Uh, uh, I really do not like swimming. That was much faster than last time, though. You, you could come and you swimming didn't almost drown with, with us. Sometimes Estrella and I go swimming. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, in uh, maybe more placid water. Well, typically the water is placid. This is a you know unusual circumstance. We could all head down and have a lake day at Drosmere. Yeah. <laughs> could have a lake day at Drosmere after this because I don't know if Amaranth wants to go back across. <laughs> it's uh, twenty feet, correct? Yes. Okay. So Graham will go ahead and uh, he's going to see if he can repeat last time. So he'll go ahead and back up. Oh, man. Stretch and limber up. Oh, Lord. Uh, Run forward. Yeah. Uh So that is uh, 18, which would normally carry me 18 feet. However, I do have powerful leap, which means I clear 23 feet. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And jump clear to the other side. All right. Show off. It kind of stretches. There's like a popping sound. <laughs> but Careful but, now. But being in the water makes it cooler. It is true. All the armor and everything else. It's just, it's a bunch oh, of, right. I think I'm the only medium armored person here. Yeah, mm. maybe. I is don't it know actual what medium armor or is it heavy? Uh, no, I'm still rocking the uh, breastplate right now. Ah, fair enough. Eventually Actually? I want to upgrade to uh, plate mail, but uh, unfortunately Grim's rocking a... Uh, a 16 strength, so if I upgrade a plate mail, my speed is going to drop. Oh, so. I actually also have medium armor. It's just hide. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I don't really have the strength to move into plate mail unimpeded. Mm. Yeah, that is uh that And is I did not take thing. the dwarven background feat that lets me move in armor without any penalty, which would be not great, yet. but mm. not yet. Eventually, we're just going to be high enough level to kill the consortium and take this plot down over, and then things will be much better. <laughs> just straight up <laughs> murder, murder is the way. <laughs> We just stop cutting down trees entirely. We just plant massive orchards. Or at least do some <laughs> we do renewable lumber. Yeah. 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 yeah, renewable. For every tree you cut down, you plant a new one. Yeah, because trees are a renewable resource. You just have to actually do the renewing part. We, we <laughs> need to hire a druid that can like speed up the process. You know? oh, that'd be cool. Mm. Should have played a dwarven druid. Ah, that would have been cool. That would have been so great. Anyway. But yes, you've made it across the river. We've all survived. I suppose mm-hmm. we should continue. Do we find the tracks on the other side? Yeah. Uh, taking a look around, I will actually need another survival check since you did cross the river. All right. All right. We try again. I had a 10 for 15. 17 for 22. I rolled an 8 for 13. So, Estrella, you're probably still more just psyched that you actually got to swim recently, as that's always fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, you seem to have lost track of the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of you, though, are able to find the tracks again pretty easily. Again, they don't seem to have done much in order to actually hide them. Uh, It does look that at some point, though, um, Grim, you're able to notice. All right. So 
Either the slurk got hungry and ate one of the kobolds, or... (laughs) (laughs) If only we were so lucky. Or one of the kobolds is desperate and ridiculous enough to ride on the back of a sticky, greasy frog. Ew. I'm probably going to go with option two. Uh, Disgustingly, probably. Correct. Maybe it has a saddle, so it's not quite as disgusting. It wouldn't need a saddle. You'd just stick to its back. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you would be covered in goo all the time, so the saddle would keep you from being gooey. That's mm-hmm. fair. Plus, the saddle would stick to its back, too. <laughs> That's true. With that surprising revelation, um, <laughs> you continue through the woods as you basically pass the bank of the river. The woods close in again, this time much closer than before, as it is considerably harder for the consortium to actually get over to the side of, well, the veil. Continuing forward, you also begin to note that the elevation uh, is rising. It is actually starting to get harder and harder to basically climb your way further up as you begin approaching the mountain, really the volcano, though currently inactive, known as Drosker's Crag. Hopefully it doesn't go off. I mean, it hasn't for several hundred years, so hopefully it'll be fine. For a very long time. We're like Pompeii waiting to happen over here. (laughs) hours pass as you get toward the warmest part of the day the passageways also get to be far more sparse as at this point you're mostly relying upon the occasional animal trail um, some small trails that hunters have made here and there and at least intermittently the ruined remains of dwarven roads from again centuries ago that haven't been maintained since the Well, dwarves that followed Torag were ousted in favor of those that followed Drosgar, who was not really super keen on keeping track of the roads that led up to the monastery. It wasn't exactly their top priority. Nope. It's not not an inviting place. Upon reaching the mid-afternoon, maybe starting to get into early evening, you arrive at your destination hear the cries of woodland creatures, the flapping of birds, the the appearance of prey creatures like deer or um, even some of the smaller predators seem to fall away entirely as you return to the site of your adventure from not too long ago. The monastery walls are more or less as you left them, still in a state of decay and ruin, although standing defiantly against the nature around it they still offer a decent amount of protection despite the fact that nobody seems to have done anything for them in some time the watchtower itself still stands albeit you do know that internally it is somewhat precarious Um, the external walls are doing just fine and the the ruined bits of gate that were covering it once before are again covering it though you know that you didn't leave it like that there was no reason for mm. you to. Why roll them back into position? Well, Celestine, it looks like someone fixed your handiwork. Very rude. Mm. All right, but well, I guess Celestine will take point and approach these gates. It's still the easiest way in. Yeah. Approaching the gates, while it does seem that they've taken the time to, at the very least, brace these somewhat, they're still not very functional uh, in that you actually have to shove them more or less to the left or right to get them out of the way. 
They're hastily made things out of just planks of wood that were probably lying around inside of the monastery itself. In fact, you think you even recognize one of the doors as part of this. I do have trap spotter, so <laughs> if nothing uh, triggers, I guess we'll start to shove them open. As far as you can tell, it looks clear. We had found a passageway that led down into caverns that we hadn't gone down because kobolds, right? Well, I think it's because we found the cure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to get back to town as quickly as possible. But that's probably where we're headed, I would imagine. Probably. Yeah, because I think that was in the wolf's lair. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, uh, there was den. a basement uh, that the wolf had, uh, that Grey Pelt, um, the Grey appropriately pelt. named Grey Pelt, as it is now a, uh, as he is now a pelt uh, upon Celestine's back. Yes. Uh, had uh, declared as his lair. Um, there was actually stairs that led further down, but you, again, decided, yes, not to explore those. But, yep, push our way through the gates. Pushing aside the gates, it is odd to be back in a certain way. The monastery itself still has the lingering sense of maybe some sort of contemplative lifestyle that has long since departed from this region. Even now, you can look at the walls and just make out the sturdy construction, the care that had been going into it for such a long time when this place was a monastery to Torag. You can almost imagine, of course, dwarves tending to this place, but it is juxtaposed with images of fighting against various creatures here, everything from a kobold that you had encountered to giant oozes to um, wolves and even some skeletons. Heading into the monastery itself, the tracks do continue inside. And at this point, you also note that there are disturbingly drag marks as the kobolds seem to have gotten tired of literally carrying whoever it is that they had been carrying, presumably the sheriff and Rala, and just decided to drag them further inside. Lovely. Hmm. Follow the tracks. I, I'm going to assume they're going to lead down to that basement cavern, but we could be wrong. They do indeed. And heading into the basement cavern, you do note with perhaps a small sense of cheer or at least recognition that a few iron blue mushrooms still grow down in the corner where nice. Grey Pelt had feasted upon one not too long ago. I, I feel like Chloe should probably grab a few of those just in case. Yeah, I mean, if we have time. I mean, it's easy enough to pick up a few of them if you wish. Grim will grab a few, too. They make a delicious stew. Oh, and also weapons out for sure. Well, I was going to say, do we want to uh, establish a marching order? Because technically speaking, Celestine, I think, just needs to be up towards the front, but not in the pole position. Grim has a 19 AC, you know, 20 with his shield raised. Uh, mine's also a 19. Uh, I also so have a 19. Mine, a 19. We have a lot of frontliners in this group. And I have a 17. Nice. So you're <laughs> staying in the back. Well, if you yeah. guys don't mind, I'll take point and just... I've got a decent perception, and I can use the uh, ray shield exploration action. Okay. Okay, And I'm going to guess uh, then Celestine directly behind. Yep. Yep, then I'll be after that. Okay, so Clove after that, and Estrella after that. Yeah. Very well. Then you file into line, heading into the monastery proper, heading downstairs, finding yourself faced with a massive door. In this case, it is, in fact, about eight or nine feet wide, uh, large enough to accommodate perhaps two of you standing side by side. Opening this, as Celestine notices nothing in particular danger on it, it opens into a set of stairs descending downward. 
All right. The stairs head down maybe some 10 feet or so before there's a landing and it juts off to the right. Shall we begin? Mm-hmm. All right. We must. I do enjoy being back underground. I don't. <laughs> I believe you're the only one. Begins making his way forward. Look at this. Only two ways they could come. <laughs> it's true. Either behind you or before you. But it's also real easy to get trapped. <laughs> Unless they come through the walls. I mean, yeah, that's true. They could be incorporeal, which would be uh, not be terrible at level two. Yep. No. And that is why if you're down in the caves, you never anger the earth elementals. But anyway, <laughs> let's keep going. You descend down, uh, take the only passage to the right to find another set of stairs, descend another approximately 10, 15 feet further down before these end and again another wooden door this one also some eight or nine feet in overall width it mirrors the door that you saw upstairs grim glances over his shoulder towards celestine looks clear nods flicks on his dark vision <laughs> yes because that's like, how that works yes he, he pulls down his dark if, vision yeah. shades <laughs> it makes the sam fisher <laughs> as his eyes start glowing Grim Ansmar going dark <laughs> now push open the door Very well. you push open the door as you find yourselves faced with a large rectangular chamber the stone walls here are covered with intricate carvings of dwarves toiling in mines or over forges in the center stands what seems to be a broken statue made out of some sort of dark stone you believe possibly obsidian picks hammers and other tools lie scattered around here and there are three directions to go an open hallway perhaps some 10 feet wide to your left an open hallway perhaps some 10 feet wide to your right and beyond the statue itself you think that there's a hallway that direction as well that said the moment that you enter the room bringing <laughs> i assume at the very least with you the light from amaranth yeah. A quartet of kobolds oh, no. are currently mining at the statue oh, I was hoping they were in front of you, uh, trying well. to uh, chip away bits of obsidian. Hmm. They notice all of you, screech, reach for their tools, and we will pick it up here next time. Oh, oh no! She no. just reaches past Grim and closes the door. <laughs> oh, no. Preferably with uh, with Grim in the room, because I'm going to smash some kobolds. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has that weird hatred of kobolds. He does have we a, he does have a hatred for kobolds. Well, they also seem to be currently desecrating a dwarven statue. So oh, even no. if it's Droskar, that's still too much. Right now, he has a good yeah. reason for it. We'll sit down. We'll have a, we'll have a, we'll have a fireside chat at some point. Not of the uh, the classic version, but mm. of, a, of a different version. Yeah, Since absolutely. Since we aren't doing talk shows afterwards. As far as people that never make us upset or mad, uh, our patrons are Our wonderful. And we just wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to all of you. Thank you so much for supporting Find the Path. Without you, we couldn't be doing these ventures underground to continue the uh, lives of our friends here at Falcon's Hollow. And mm. it is very much appreciated for all of your support. So thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. For helping us stop thank this defilement you. of dwarven history. <laughs> yes, because that's what we're here for. I, I mean, mean, it could be multiple things. <laughs> I was going to say, and, you know, rescue some people who were kidnapped. I mean, uh, it's a side quest. You know, not only are we saving the sheriff, but we're also, uh, you know. Protecting uh, history. Protecting history, yes. Grim can do two things at once. It's true. It's <laughs> the same thing, really. <laughs> he can chew bubble gum and mine, uh, and mine at the same time. 
Bubblegum and dig a hole, and he's out of, all out of holes. Or... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, good luck out there, Pathfolk. Yeah, hey, nobody died. Not yet. Hey, not even the people yet. that were captured died, as far as you know. So. Uh, They're not dead until we observe their death. It's true. <laughs> right now, the Schrodinger's dead.